just want to tell you a quick little story. Now, one of my core values, beliefs, is I always want to give airtime to what God is doing. Airtime, I want to talk about it. What is God doing? And um, this is quite a small story, but to be honest, it's quite significant for M and me. By the way, we celebrated six years of being married yesterday. Six years. I've got two pieces of advice. Marry your best friend, if you're not married yet. <laughs> this is for the young people in the house. The other bit of advice is marry someone that is going to love Jesus more than they love you. That's my other bit of advice. And I've got that going on, and to be honest, it's awesome. We went down to Bournemouth for uh, just a night, which is great. Oh, I've got some VIPs in the house as well. This is uh, Em's mum, Em's mum's husband, Rich. So we got Beck and Rich in the house. Thanks for coming. Um, I just want to tell a quick story about uh, Jackson. So uh, Jesus tells us that when we pray, keep it simple. Um, so we're teaching Jackson about praying. And we're teaching Jackson about praying for sickness and pain. And uh, if you've read the parish profile, then you'll see that under my little beer it says, I love to go to the gym. Um, hashtag sculpting. Uh, sculpting the body. Um, but yeah, so I love to go to the gym, and I went to the gym, and I think uh, two things is holding Jackson loads, like in my right arm, and then going to the gym, basically means that, firstly, my right arm's way bigger than my left arm, embarrassing, like a tennis player. Um, the other thing is, is I went to the gym on Tuesday, and after the gym, I couldn't move. I got such a bad pain in here, I couldn't really move my arm. So I couldn't like bring it all the way up, I couldn't like flex it out, I couldn't really do anything. And so we're basically teaching Jackson about praying. So um, we teach him that he has authority over pain. So he put his hand on my arm and he said, we said, copy what we're saying. He says, pain, go, amen. He loves that bit, amen. So we prayed once and I was like, I can feel a little bit, a little bit better, but it still hurts. We prayed three times and by the end of it, I still needed some painkillers. Okay, I still did. But then I woke up the next day and my arm was well enough that the day after I could go back to the gym. And I've been at the gym, uh, I went yesterday, and I'm lifting fine and everything like that. And if you uh, know me, I love the gym and it's where I get all my best ideas. So uh, you're welcome, coffee before church. That was an idea from the gym. So yeah, hope you enjoyed that. That is how we're gonna start doing it. 10 o'clock, get down here. We're gonna have coffee before, and then we're gonna start 10.30, straight in to the presence of the Lord. Now. Um, if you've got your Bibles, then uh, why don't you open it up. I am going to read out the message today. Uh, if you don't like that, then I'm sorry, but you've got your own Bible, so you can read it along yourself. Yeah, if you just want to open your Bibles, and uh, while you're finding the verse, uh, I'm just going to tell you a little story about the Bible. So we're reading out Romans 12 today, and this morning is, all, is going to be all about these cards. Okay, before I just want to tell you a little story about... Um, some of my friends, and uh, I know a couple, they're about the same age as me and them, and they are, um, they've just done a church plant into Devon, and uh, they moved there about the same time that we moved back to Southampton, it's about two years ago, uh, and when they got there, like still in contact with them, they obviously getting connected to people in the area, and they're talking about this church plant that they're running, and that they're going to do, they got connected to this couple, and the, when they go to the person's house, they notice that 
every single time that he went there. So my mate's called Toby. Every time Toby got there, he noticed that there was an open Bible on the coffee table. So the first couple of times he thought, okay, I just interrupted, you know, them reading the Bible. And he'd go around at different times, and it was always there. So after, like, being there five or six times, he said to the, uh, to the guy, the man in the house, he said, uh, why, what's the deal with your Bible always being open on the coffee table? And the guy said, we, as a family, have a value on the Bible. It's super important to us. And so we always want it to be open. And the coffee table represented the centre of the home, and the, the Bible being open was that the Bible is open in this house, and we read it, and it's a regular part of our lives. And so, I love that story. I was like, man, I love that it represents this thing's got the Bible open. It's right in the middle. Anyone that comes around, this is important. Um, I like that. I thought about doing it for us as a family, but if you've been to our house, then you may have seen our coffee table flipped up like that. Um, and being used as a goal for Jackson. So we, uh, we don't do that because we play living room football a lot. Um, figured that's probably not the best way. So the reason why I tell you that story is I absolutely love my Bible. I love my Bibles. I've got more than one. And I actually find it loads easier to read it out of these pages. And the next season that we're going into, guys, is I just want to really recommend, like, bring your Bibles. If we will have ones to give out, but bring your own one. And if you can't afford it, then talk to me and I'll um, buy you one. I won't do that, be quite expensive. But yeah, come on guys, let's bring our Bibles to church. It's so good to have them there. Um, now, what we are talking about is St. Thomas's Come Find Your Place. And I have put two of these on everyone's chair. And that is on purpose. One of the reasons is we've got loads to give away. And we've got loads to give away and that was on purpose as well. Because this is advertising the new shape of St. Thomas's Church. And the thing about it, the reason why we've got so many, is that we want these to be invites to come to the gatherings that we've got. So how about, can we all just hold one? Let's just hold one. Okay, let's just close our eyes. And let's think about the person, someone in our lives, that we think would be the hardest person we know to get to church. The hardest person we know to reach the gospel with. Let's just think about that. Now my Bible, your Bible, in Luke 1.37 says nothing is impossible with God. So if you've got a pen, on the spare one you've got, why don't you just write 1.37? Because you don't know anyone that is too hard for the gospel to reach. They might think it's too hard and there are people that are really tricky. There's a story where Jesus is chatting to the disciples and they're like, the harvest isn't ready. And he says, look up. So we focus on heaven and then look down. The harvest is totally ready. There's this thing about evangelism is when we focus on God, then the thing that we thought was hard, God is in the business of doing impossible things. So how about we write that on there? And we have got loads more, guys. If you've got lots of friends that you want to start bringing to church, then I've got a box full of them, and that was totally on purpose. We've taken a punt on it, got 75 quid. We've got about 1,000, probably more than that, just to invite people to what we're doing to connect to us. And with the explanation of come and find your place, because that's what we want. We want people in the local area to come and find their place here. And before we do that, I want to talk to us about us as a family finding our place in this new shape. Now, if you're super slick, 
with your Bible, then you'll know, and you're probably thinking, okay, I get we're at Romans, I'll tell you the address, Romans 12. Romans 12. If you know Romans 12 says, and you know about the come and find your place thing, then you're probably guessing what I'm going to read. But before I do that, I'd just like to show you a quick video, and then we're going to jump in. Now, sometimes I hope that there's a couple of questions about what is that video all about, maybe you've got some ideas. Uh, in this talk, I'm only going to talk about five, maybe seven minutes, so don't worry about it. Um, at the end of this, I hope that maybe that video will make a bit more sense. But before I do that, is in Romans 12, what Paul's talking about is he's talking about the body. And he's making these links between how a body works and how church could work. And I love this. I love reading it, and I'm going to read it in a minute. Before that, I just want to tell you a little story about my family. Now, my mum and dad have led church for pretty much my whole life. And uh, alongside that, my dad is a doctor. And um, he, uh, I suppose if there's that, still that thought that you follow in your parents' footsteps, then I suppose looking at me now, you can see which of, my, of the two roles that my dad did, you can see the one that I chose to pursue. Um, and there's a couple of reasons why I chose not to pursue medicine. Um, one of them is uh, became very clear to my mum and dad on Christmas Day when I was about seven years old. And my dad was working at a hospital and he um, had to work through the night on the children's ward. So uh, being a, a fun dad, he decided to try and make that as fun as he could. So he dressed up as Michelangelo from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And uh, he went to work over Christmas on the children's ward. So, it's Christmas Day, and as soon as we're allowed to get to the hospital, Mum takes us in the car, and we go up onto the ward. And my dad is there, just finishing up, dressed as a ninja turtle. And he says, um, Josh, and my little brother, Ad, who would have been fired at the time, he says, I've just got to do one more thing, and then we can go. So I'm like, okay. And he says, you can come and watch if you want. I'm like, right. He says, this lady doesn't mind. 
So I'm like, okay. So we go behind the curtain and there's this lady and she's sat there and she's got her arm out like this. And as we go around the curtain, she turns her arm and she's in carving the meat. She slipped and she's basically made a massive gash in her arm. Like, huge. And um, turns, and I look at that and I, mum says, I go, white as a ghost. And she has to take me and my little brother out because blood is just not something that I want to look at. So that was my first experience of being around blood and thinking maybe I'm not the best person. And then basically I was seven, carrying through, you know, being that age, I get to GCSE Biology and I walk into the classroom and the teacher has set up um, around his like desk, there's this board in front of him, like stood up so you can't really see what's on the desk. And he says, right lads, I went to an all boys school, right lads, get your stools and come up the front, gather around. So we come up the front and we're now all gathered around. And the room smelled pretty funky anyway. Already I'm like, this room is smelling a bit weird and I'm already feeling a little bit queasy. But then he goes, right, and we were looking at the effects of smoking on the lungs. And he takes away this board and he's got these lungs suspended on a bracket. And I'm like, that is awful. And to make things, well, already I'm, all, I'm on the edge. And then the next thing, is he's got off a Bunsen burner, he's pulled the orange tube off and he's put it into the, the top bit and he goes, lads, watch this, and he puts the other end in his mouth and he blows into it and the lungs go, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm done. And I had to leave the classroom and, uh, and walk out, well, not walk, run to the toilet and uh, that was it. So, Anyway, I am a trained first aider, we always have first aiders here, but if you've cut yourself, uh, I made sure other people got trained, so I'll be the last person to deal with it, because um, blood is not something I want to deal with. Um, so, why am I telling you all that? Um, because basically this whole thing of biology, is I don't really know a lot about biology, and the amazing thing is, is Paul, who writes this, starts to make these really great links between how a body works and how the church could work. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this this morning is that I believe with all my heart that the church can do something significant, but it can only do it if we all show up and we all start to happen. So I just want to read this and I just wanted to say just a couple of things and then we're going we're gonna to pray for this next term because I know this term is a big deal for a lot of people. So Tom's is in a massive transition. We're hopefully welcoming a leader soon. The vicar will, there will be a vicar. Come on. I don't know when, but there will be one. And the vicar is somewhere on this planet. And I don't know where. They must be alive, because they're, you know, I'm going to be a little kid. Who's um, not born yet. Right. So just think about that for a sec. They are somewhere. I'm just waiting. So, right, Romans 12. Let's just read this. I'll read quite a bit, cause, and it's in the message, so you can follow along. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Amen. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God, yeah, that you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily, sorry, readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of maturity, God brings the best out of you. 
develops well-formed maturity in you. I'm speaking to you out of deep gratitude for all that God has given me. And especially if I have responsibilities in relation to you. Living there, as every one of you does, in pure grace, it's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing the goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us. Not by what we are and what we do for him. Wow, you could just stay there for ages. But anyway, this next bit. In this way, we are like various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people, us. Each of us finds our meaning and function as part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvellously functioning parts in Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be, without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. Wow. Sometimes the Bible just preaches for itself. And there, what I see is that, guys, St. Tom's, in that video about the encounter, um, the season we're going into, is when I say that we're all going to be a significant part of it, is I really believe that St. Thomas's church and the church of Jesus can change the world. I, if I didn't believe that, I'd quit my job and leave, and I go and do something else, because I want to give my life to something that can do something significant. The Great Commission is so powerful now, it says, go make disciples of all nations. It doesn't say, go, they, go make disciples in all nations. It actually says, of all nations. That's what my Bible says. That's the whole deal. That's the whole planet. That looks like the whole world getting turned upside down, and we, only a few of us aren't going to be able to do that. Jesus had 12. Look how many there are of us. And I love the word responsibility because it's the ability to respond. So if you're wondering how much ability you have, then just look at what responsibility God has trusted us with. I believe the Great Commission applies to us. So when it says go change the world, what he's saying is I trust you with that level of responsibility. In case you're wondering what I've put inside you, what abilities I've put inside you, then just look at the responsibility I've given you. And then, he, then Jesus says, I'm not, you know, when he talks about his own mission, he's like, uh, you know, it's, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So it's not, I'm not saying this to try and make a world, like, this is heavy, what are we going to do? I'm saying like, this is what we've been created to do, to go and do something significant. And that video, in case you're wondering, what's that got to do with anything? To be honest, it was a creative way, you're supposed to, you know, inspire some thoughts. It's, we just wrote down a whole load of different words, different attributes, God-given skills, God-given identities, God-given purposes that he's put in all of us. That if you were to count up everything we've got, all the greatness in here, all the significance in here, and you were to put it all together, guys, we could do something seriously awesome. And I am buzzed about that. And in this, when it says, basically, don't have a go at the other members of the body is if my foot was shouting at my head don't do this guys I know that we've been in a season that's been hard for lots of people this has been really hard and my heart goes out to everyone that is finding this hard and 
if people are finding processing change difficult, then, like I said before, is you have full permission to find process difficult. But the other thing is, is that in this place, is what if St. Thomas's Church became famous in the area that zero gossip happens in? That this place is so safe to come and make mistakes that... No, but you can come in here, you can make a mistake, it's so safe that no one's going to talk about you behind your back. And I actually don't know any church that's like that. But nothing's impossible for God, and I think that that is what could happen here. What if this place was like that? That there was just like, there's a place where people meet in, and you can shop with your stuff, and no one is going to talk about you behind your back. But that's actually what I see Paul saying here. Don't have a go at other parts of the body. We're all here, we're all a family, and we're actually only as strong as each other. If we start having a go at the member of this body, then we're having a go ourselves. I'm not saying that people are doing that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that's what I'd like to live in. They just felt so safe that we can shout with our stuff and we, there is a place here. There is a place in this church and we'll make sure there is one where you can bring who you are, you can happen, you can show up. Let's, let's contribute. And the Tom's would represent the strengths that you and in this season of finding out where we're going to go, is it 9.30, is it 10.30, is it deeper, is it messy church, is it home church, what home church? These guys, this place is, can be home for you. And once we find it as home, then hopefully it'll be home for other people. So I want to finish there. I want to, how about we all stand, worship band, keep up in.